We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski coming to you from Northfield, Minnesota. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark uh, coming to you from beautiful St. Louis, Missouri, uh, where I serve as pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church. And uh, this is Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the basics. basics, and we want to be your social media alternative. We're, we're looking to replace that uh, uh, face chat and, and Tic Tac and uh, what other things are out there? <laughs> that, uh, that Insty, that Insty print or Instagram, yep, yep. something like that. Twitter or Tweeter, yeah. whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Something to do with birds. <laughs> I don't, that's all I know. Um, so you don't need those anything anymore as long as you've got wrestling with the basics. And, and we don't listen in. Well, we hear your conversations, but we don't, we don't, we don't share them with anybody else. <laughs> and we don't have any robots to put on your computer. We're completely privacy safe. <laughs> so that's right. This yeah, is, and it, it simplifies life. I was thinking, Johnny, yeah. of all these different apps. You know, the Snapchat, the TikTok. Talk, tic tac, whatever, whatever yeah, it's yeah. called. But just, just wrestling with the basics. That's oh, all you sna- need. It's Snapchat. It's not Face Chat. I, I thought. <laughs> I think. Well, okay. So. Well, whatever. You know all about that. So I'm that's, pretty see, hip a- to it, John. We've, we've got. <laughs> I've got kids at home. See, I've got an 18 year old and a 14 year old. So I'm, I'm hip to this stuff. <laughs> Mark that up as another reason to use us as your social media alternative because Matt is hip. <laughs> I am hip. <laughs> we, we've got one old guy and one hip guy. What That's else do right. you want? You won't get that from Gaggle. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's get on to something a little more serious. Um, we, we did this story a couple weeks ago about Mary and Martha. Uh, and, yes. and what I was surprised to find, did you know this? There's actually a follow-up to that story in the Gospel of Luke. Mary and Martha Part 2, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. not not specifically, but in general. Because uh, what was Martha's problem? What, what did Jesus say Martha's problem was? Do you remember? You oh, Martha, Martha. She's concerned about many things, but only one thing is needful, right? Only one thing is necessary. Yeah, so she was she was troubled, uh, she was anxious, and it's interesting. Just a few chapters later, Luke, uh, or rather Jesus, is talking to people who are anxious. And I'm thinking, if Martha had sat at the feet of Jesus, these are probably some of the things that Jesus might have said to her to calm her anxiety. Okay. And since we're all kind of anxious people, I thought this might be worthwhile for for wrestling with the basics. And again, you're not going to get this on, on, on that Snapchat and that Tic Tac. <laughs> okay. <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so, that- so not only do you get everything you need, but you get something extra plus hip. <laughs> hip. And it's something a little extra. That, I like that. That should be the new tagline for, for resume. No, no, Elon extra. Musk, are you hearing this? You really need to contact us, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> i tell you what I'd like to do, though, is jump in the middle of the story, because okay. I think it's in the middle of the story that Jesus tells us what the problem is, that what, what it is that really makes us anxious 
If yeah. you could read verse 28 of Luke chapter 12. Okay. Oh, this is great. There are a lot of Martha types out there. I'm a, you know, we can be, I'm a Martha type from time to time oh, too. So too. this is, this is good. Thanks, Sean. Okay. Uh, verse 28. Uh, but if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown to the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Well, you have little faith. So we get back to that first part of the verse about the grass, but but it's the conclusion there. What, what, what does Jesus say really the real problem is? He says, oh, you of little faith. And and then what he does, Matt, I think in this text is he, he explains to us where little faith comes from. Why, why? And I wouldn't argue with him. Would you argue with him? I, I would agree. I, I mean, we've got all kinds of things going on in our family right now. Uh, uh, pray for, for Jerry. Uh, Lynn's dad, because he's he's not doing real well. In fact, we're debating about going down there to see him. Uh, and of course, we, we, we worry, we're anxious, you know, and, and it is because we are of little faith. That, that's what it is. How about you? Are things going pretty well in your life right now, Matt? Well, yeah, I mean, things are going well, but certainly things concerned about, yeah, we, uh, we I think before we were on the air, John and I were chatting about uh, sending our, our son off to school, right? Uh, so Noah's headed off to college. He's going to Concordia University in Chicago. Uh, and that's a wonderful thing. You know, thanks be to God. But at the same time, um, you know, he's been around for 18 years. <laughs> We're kind of fond of the kid. <laughs> yeah, you kind of grew. Yeah, grew he's grown on us, John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and and really, you know, Lisa and I had Noah pretty young. We, uh, uh, Lisa, I remember was expecting on our first anniversary. You know, so uh, uh, we didn't waste much time. But so he's really always been a part of our our, our marriage and life together. So um, yeah, so to say goodbye to him, and uh, we realize that's not a permanent goodbye, Lord willing, right? Just going off to college. But at the same time, yeah, that's something that, that's on my mind right now. Uh, and that's going to be happening real soon. So so let's explore what's behind uh, the little faith that we, that we experience. If you would now double back, and we'll get back to the beginning of the things that Jesus shared. Uh, Starting at verse 24. Okay, verse 24. Jesus says, Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, yet the Lord feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? So, Matt, I know you, you've dealt with this text before. Uh, have, have you explored at all why Jesus picks out ravens? Because he could have used any number of birds, but any any reason in particular about ravens? So it's it's truly ravens, huh, John? Because I, I remember you're talking. We were talking about Jesus' baptism, right? And it could oh, yeah, be a pigeon yeah. or a dove. Or a yeah, no, birds. this is so it, it really is specifically this the is word specifically raven. a specific bird. Yeah, raven. Yeah, that's a good okay. point because a lot of times yeah. they, they pick out some name, but no, it really is raven. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, just uh, considering a raven, it seems like kind of a scavenger bird, right, John? Yeah, uh, that's, yeah. that's what what how ravens get their food. How they find their food is eat off of something that died. Um, you know, so certainly, uh, yeah, Jesus is, is right. I mean, they're not preparing for that or planning for that. They just, whatever, whatever's there, that's, that's what they eat. Uh, but yeah, any other insight into why a raven in particular? Because that can be said of other birds too. Well, I, I, see, see, the thing is, is, is they're, they're ugly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right? I mean, we got cardinals in yeah, St. Louis. Right. They're beautiful birds. Not, they're, ugly. They're, they're kind of a dull black. They don't make pretty songs like the, uh, 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 what, what's a bird that makes pretty songs? <laughs> 
Canaries. Uh, mock, mockingbird wakes Mocking. me up every once in a while at home. But yeah, canaries. Sure. Well, you wouldn't want a raven where he cuts it. You know, so ugly. Uh, but I think I think the other thing is, is you don't eat them. <laughs> Give me a chicken or a turkey, right? Who wants? There's no Kentucky Fried Ravens, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> Um, yeah. but, but actually, Matt, you, I'm sorry for all the goofiness. Cause you hit upon the, the main thing is that they're, they're, uh, scavengers. Like you said, they're, they eat carrion, uh, and they're unclean. Uh, they're one of the animals listed in the old Testament that a Jew should not touch, eat, have anything to do with precisely because of that. Uh, and so they are the original dirty bird. Uh, and yet, yeah, what does it say God does for these dirty birds? Yeah, even the dirty, unclean scavenger raven that's not good enough for KFC, um, even still, <laughs> yeah, the Lord feeds them. God feeds them, cares but, for them. Let's hope they're not good enough for KFC. Now you got me thinking. That last chicken leg I had seemed a little thin. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so that's 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 part of the problem with faith is we think God only does things for us that we deserve, and of course that's going to make you anxious because there's very seldom in our lives that we really deserve really really good stuff. You know, maybe a little bit, but not much. Uh, but no, that that's the point. No, God does not take care of His creatures because they deserve it. Even even the, the the unclean bird like the raven he feeds. The other thing that's interesting about the ravens though is what do they what do they not do, Matt? What do they not do? What did it say in verse twenty four? Um, they need well. They neither snow nor we reap, or have storehouses snow? or barns. Did you say they neither snow. <laughs> well, they they don't snow or sow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just misheard. Um, and so, so here, my wife raised the question: Is the point then that we shouldn't be sowing and reaping? That if we have enough faith, we should just depend upon God to take care of us? Do you think that would be a, a, an accurate interpretation of that passage about they're not sowing or reaping? We should just be like ravens. Just let God take care of us. Is that it? Do you think? No, I don't. I don't think that's it, John. <laughs> no, for our <laughs> farmers listening, that is not it. Keep on sowing, please. Oh yeah, thank you. Uh, because let me, I, let me I, tell you. Let me tell. Well, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, yeah, because I mean, I mean, when we think of that human level, yeah, we we need to sow provide for ourselves. But you know, I I really do think of the farmers and how when they're sowing and they're reaping. Uh, they're providing for more than just themselves, but for for the world, right? For me, um, and there's for their neighbor, and uh, I think that's that's an important point too. Well, and see, that's a really nice answer, Matt. You, you've added another dimension, you know, because Lynn and I were talking about the fact that God gives every creature their own way, their own means of providing. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. And I'm glad I'm not a raven. I'm glad I don't have to get up in the morning and, and look for roadkill for breakfast, <laughs> you know, that I can have what is sown and reaped, a toast, a bowl of cereal. But but see, you're, you're right. So, so even when we're doing that, it's not just us. It's not we're just concerned about ourselves, but we are concerned about others and we are providing providing for others in, in, in the way that we, we sow and we reap. Um, but but the, the problem is, if you're a raven, you, you have to live in faith, right, Matt? Because if there's not a dead squirrel out there, you're going hungry. Mm -hmm. You have no control over that. But, but we think that we do have control because yeah. we're the ones that are doing the work. We're the ones that are doing the sowing and reaping. We think, oh, man, yeah, we, we got that. This is us. We're on. No. But we don't, <laughs> do we, Matt? No, no, we don't. Um, you know, one of the uh, one of the verses that come to mind is you know Psalm twenty four. The the earth is the Lord's and all the fullness thereof. You know, everything is the Lord's, but yet He equips us then with what we need to for our daily bread. 
uh, to provide for us. Uh, so, you know, I, th- I think on the one hand, you know, we don't want to be uh, prideful and think that we're the one providing for all that we need. Uh, so that's one extreme. But on the other extreme, I don't think we want to just, you know, have this fatalistic attitude that, oh, I don't have to do anything. Uh, God's just going to uh, plop down food like he did manna for the Israelites in the wilderness, right? No, it's not that. It's it's, it's a balance that, that it's from the Lord. The earth is the Lord's, everything in it. But yet he equips us to provide uh, for ourselves. And we realize that, yeah, it's a gift from him. But yeah, he works through means. He works through He works through us and others. Yeah, so so there's actually a term for that, for, for where you don't use the means God has provided. Oh, that's called tempting the Lord. There's actually a biblical yeah. phrase for that. And, and, and again, I, I really like what you said earlier. So it's not just that you're going to do these things to provide for yourself, but it's also the way we provide for others, our family, and maybe even, even beyond our family. And the thing, you brought up farmers earlier, and, and I think that's such an important example, because farmers understand they can work really, really hard. Uh, they don't sweat quite as much up here in Minnesota as they do at St. Louis, but, but <laughs> farmers everywhere, they, they put a lot of hours in, they work for, for long, long days, but they also understand if God doesn't provide the sunshine and the rain that's necessary, all that works for not, uh, farming really is a faith based vocation. Cause you know, you're dependent upon what the Lord gives you. But again, that's the second thing that weakens our faith. When we begin to think it's our work, our effort, that only increases our anxiety. I, I think that's also why he talks about the storehouses and the barns, because uh, it's not a sin to have a barn uh, and have a storehouse, a silo. Uh, but the problem is, is people put their faith in that. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Matt. Did you know what story comes immediately before these words here in the Gospel of Luke? Oh, the well, I'm, I'm looking at my Bible, John. Okay. And it's the, the parable of the rich fool. Uh, that's that one where... Uh, yeah, the, the guy, you know, builds bigger storehouses for his crops, right? And yep. that's what he puts his trust in so he can relax and eat, drink, and be merry. And and I did not know that until I was working on this this time. But, but so I think that's not by coincidence. I think Jesus says, see, that's the problem. You put your trust in your barns. You build your big barns. You build multiple barns. You think, I got it made. I got my life under control. But of course, as the parable tells us, God comes and says, you fool, uh, tonight your soul is required of you. So so number one, when you start thinking it's what you deserve, that that's what's faith about, that's going to make you anxious. Number two, when you begin to think that faith is about what you've done, your work, your effort, again, that will make you anxious. That will give you the little faith. But there's one other problem, I think, and it has to do with the lilies. So if you wouldn't mind reading verse 27 there and 28. Uh, the lily problem. Okay. All right. The lily problem. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what this is. Okay. Uh, Jesus says, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? So what what do you do with the lilies, Matt, when you've preached on this before? Uh, Yeah, um, again, I think, you know, this, this picture of, something that's temporary, right? You know, it's it's alive one day and then thrown into the fire. And I think the lilies and, and the ravens as well, uh, because of that, Jesus is really talking about from, you know, the great, the lesser to the greater. I, I like that, that, okay, if, if he's going to care for something that's temporary like the lilies, if he's going to feed something that's unclean like the ravens, 
how much more, how much more is God going to take care of you? Uh, and that's what Jesus even says, you know, the end of verse 28, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Uh, so this, this creator of the lilies and the ravens is also our creator. And if he cares and sustains them, how much more is he going to care and sustain us? Yeah, and, and you know, that is such a, a real lesson in my life, because I have a wife who really loves lilies. She loves flowers. And in fact, uh, she's got me out working in the garden all the time, planting plants and flocks. And I don't know, she, she knows the names of them. I don't really know. But I'll tell you this much. She loves her kids a lot more than she loves her flowers. Yep. <laughs> all right. There's no comparison between the two. Um, the thing that struck me that had never dawned on me before, though, is also what you said, the, the fact that flowers are here today and they're gone tomorrow, right? Yeah. Uh, you have them alive one day and the next day you're throwing them in the oven. And it occurred to me, I think that's yet another thing that undermines our faith. It gives us a little faith because, you know, it's not just the flowers that are that way, Matt. It's really everything that is that way. In fact, it, it tickled me that this same image of the flowers that are so short-lived is used for us. Uh, Psalm mm -hmm. 103 says, as for man now, as for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field. For the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. Uh, and I thought, yeah, that's one of the reasons we're anxious, because we do know that everything we have in this world is short-lived. Uh, even our own lives, we have no control over that. Like I said, we're concerned about Jerry, who's 96 years old. That's that's pretty good. But see, it's still, we know that's not going to be forever either. And, and that's what causes our anxiety and, and our little faith. Um, and if that's true, if that's yet another cause of the little faith, of the anxiety, I think Jesus has some really fantastic answers for us in the verses that follow. If you don't mind reading uh, verse 29. You bet. Yeah, uh, just one more sure, verse, sure, Brother John. You know, the, in Isaiah 40, the, the grass withers, the flower falls, there we go, uh, but the word of our God endures forever. You know, I love that too, that, yeah, the, the grass withers, we wither. I like that verse you point out, that, that we do too, right? Uh, we die, but, you know, God's word endures forever, and especially this word here that Promises that he'll provide, and uh, that's that's a certain word too from the Lord. That's so that's not going to go great, away. That's a great lead-in. So let's see what this everlasting what word, word yeah. now has to say to us about okay. our little faith and our anxieties. Beautiful verse, Matt. Yeah, verse twenty-nine. It says, "And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried." For all the no, nations no, of this world. No, no, just stop there. Just stop there, okay. Matt, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, uh, and, and the word seek here isn't like hide and seek. It's not like look for stuff. Uh, you know, people were worried about toilet paper running out. And, and so they hoarded the toilet paper because uh, they had that fear, right? That the toilet paper's here one day and gone the next. And, of course, their fear and their little faith only made the problem worse. Uh, but it's not wrong to go to Target and, and seek toilet paper. <laughs> okay. That's right. Uh, the word seek here means... It's what you really put your life into, what you, well, at the end, he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And that's yeah. the idea of seeking. It's what your heart's desire is, what you make your life all about. And so he says, well, don't make it about what you eat and drink, because by golly, that will make you worried. Because <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it is. Those things are, are, are very tenuous. But here's the other neat thing I learned. The word worried there, Matt. Do you know anything about the word worried? If not, I've got stuff to tell you. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, yeah. So worried. Um, yeah, go ahead, John. What do you got on? Well, on see, worry? because it, it's I, it's not worried. The word in the original language means to lift up, to lift, to be lifted up. Um, and of course, the English translators don't know what to do with that, mm-hmm. so they just mm-hmm. say, "Well, and it's talk about fear, worry. We'll put worried in there." Uh, but it's not the same word that's used earlier when he talks about anxiety and being anxious repeatedly. Okay. Uh, Augustine and Luther thought he was talking about pride. And so then the point is, it's it's not that God doesn't give us food and drink. He does. He does give us food and drink. But it's never enough food and drink, is it, Matt? Mm-hmm. We yeah, want a little, lack of contentment. Yeah. yeah, we want more food and drink. We we don't we don't just want barns. We want big barns, lots of barns, more barns than you got. <laughs> you should see the barns I have, Matt. I'm being an old guy. You're you're the hip young guy, but I got I got bigger and better barns. Yeah, bigger me. barns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I mean that makes sense. You know, coming off of that parable that Jesus tells earlier in the same chapter. Yeah. So I, we don't really know. It's just a strange word for Jesus to use. But anyway, you know how Luther interpreted it. Uh, but but let's read the next verse now, verse thirty. Okay, uh, verse thirty. For all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your father knows that you need them. And I should have told you to read verse 31 too. Yeah, instead, seek, okay, there's that seek word again. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. And and God bless you. Thank you for pointing out that the seek word is there again. Because again, in the original language, it's not the same word. Well, they're both words about seeking. But the one about the world and what it seeks, it's a very, very intense form of that word. And you can almost feel the anxiety and the tension and the nervousness and the, the distress. But, oh, we got to get this stuff. We got to, and will we get it? But the word that is used for us in the kingdom, the seek there, doesn't have that intensity to it. It just, yeah, we want it. We're desiring it. And I thought, how appropriate. Because, yeah, if you're seeking food and drink, man, you're going to be anxious. If that's what yeah. your life is all about, no wonder you're worried and stressed. But we don't have to worry about seeking the kingdom, do we, Matt? That doesn't have to have any anxiety. Uh, and by the way, he will add all these things to us. That's not a conditional statement. It doesn't mean if you seek the kingdom, he will add these things. It says he will add these things. So now you're free to just put your heart's desire in the kingdom. And then we get this final beautiful concluding verse, why you don't need to be anxious when it comes about seeking the kingdom. Could you wrap us up by reading verse 32, Matt? Oh, yeah, beautiful verse. Jesus says, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So why do we not have to be anxious Why there's the, when it comes to the desire for the kingdom? Not because of us, but because of who our Father is. It's his good pleasure, it's his desire uh, to give us the kingdom. Tell him what you're getting your son as a final gift before he goes to college in just a few weeks. <laughs> okay. So he's, he's going to school in Chicago, and so uh, we drop him off August 25th, and the uh, the Cardinals are playing the Cubs at Wrigley Field on the 24th. So we are going to the Cards-Cubs game and cheering for the St. Louis Cardinals there at Wrigley Field, uh, the first time any of us have been there. So that's uh, yeah. one last hurrah before we drop him off, John. And doesn't that make you incredibly happy to be able to do that for your son, Noah? Oh, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. So even we sinful fathers, and, and a lot of us have difficult relationships with our fathers, but I think we all know what, what a father is supposed to be and what he's like. And, and and as a sinful father myself, yeah, I can remember giving my kids things and seeing them happy. And man, that's what really gave me pleasure. And so it is your heavenly father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And let me conclude by saying he knows we're a little flock, Matt. He knows mm-hmm. we're people of little faith. He knows we're these sheep in a world where sheep are threatened by thieves and wolves and lions. He knows we have reasons to be anxious. He's been here. He's done that. But but what a beautiful statement. Uh, just understand, people, if you go to the Lord with your little faith, your the anxieties, he's not going to tell you, you better work harder. What's wrong with you? Why isn't your faith strong enough? No, he's just going to say what he says here, isn't he? He's going to say, fear not. Nothing to be afraid of. Uh, I am your good shepherd, man, and I don't let my sheep go to ruin. I go look for them. I die for them. Well, anyway, I just thought that's a beautiful word for anybody that's anxious out there. I, I don't know that this will take your anxiety away, but it sure is good to know that you have a Father and a Savior who are looking out for you. Uh, this has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. basics.